This week we continue our study looking at who Jesus is and what that means to us in our lives. We've looked at things like Jesus meeting the woman at the well and proclaiming to be the living water and how that means that we can partake of Jesus and he will fulfill our every need. We're going to talk about that a little bit more today. But we also looked at how we put up barriers so that we cannot experience the fullness of who Jesus is because of the barriers we put in our own lives. We looked at how Jesus is there for us in our pain. We looked at Mary and Martha and the death of Lazarus, which is even mentioned in our text that we're going to look at today. But we, and we also looked at how Jesus is searching after us, seeking to protect us, and is fierce in that protection as he is the good shepherd. And last week we looked at how Jesus is a stone dropper. We looked at Jesus' grace and forgiveness for his people. And this week we look at how Jesus is... Jesus is our missing piece, P-E-A-C-E. And we're going to look at a text this today that many of us will hear this story if we go to church on Sunday morning, but maybe not from this gospel. And in John chapter 12, verses 12 through 19, we hear these words. It says, The next day the crowd that had come to the festival heard that Jesus was coming. And so they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him. And they shouted, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. And Jesus found a young donkey, and he sat on it, as it is written. Do not be afraid, daughter of Zion. Look, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. And hear this in verse 16. It says, His disciples did not understand these things at first. But when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things had been written of him and had been done to him. And so the crowd that had been with him when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to testify. It was also because they heard that he had performed this sign that the crowd went to meet him. And the Pharisees then said to one another, You see, you can do nothing. Look. The world has gone after him. And this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. But we don't, we're not going to harp a lot on verse 19 because that's next week when we'll look at the passion. But rather, this week what we, what we start to realize is that the crowds are showing up because of what Jesus has done. But the, and they're cheering for something that what we hear in verse 16 that they really don't understand. And they won't understand until later. But they show up and they're crying out, Hosanna, which is this phrasing that ultimately means save us now. And it's that cry of desperation from the people that they have been oppressed and enslaved by the Roman Empire and they feel powerless. And you may be sitting there feeling that same way now today, that you feel powerless and that you want God to come and save you now. Set me free, God, from those things that bind me up, from those things that have enslaved me. And the reality is, is for many of us, we found ourselves praying this before. And, and we get on the other side and we go, that, what, God didn't do what I wanted him to do. God didn't show up how I wanted God to show up. But we get further down the road and we realize that it was just what we needed. You see, the reality that we need to, set, to realize sometimes is this, is that God may not give you what you want, 
but God will give you what you need. You see, so often in our prayers and when we seek God's guidance, what we're looking for is our wants to be met. I want to be better at this. I want this. I want that, but not our needs. And the reality is that God, the creator of the universe and the creator of you and me, knows us better than we know ourselves. And so therefore, when we pray, God is saying, I'm not gonna, I may not always give you what you want because what you want may not be what's best for you, but what you need is. You see, God is setting us up for our very best life, to live the life that we are called to live. But what we see in our text this morning is not only are they crying out, save us, oh God, but what they are also doing is waving palms. And this is that idea that it is to welcome home a war hero in Jesus' day. That's what that would symbolize. It's a proclamation of victory that the war is over. And so what we're hearing is that they are saying the war is over because this king has come to set us free. The The war that we have been waging with the Roman Empire is over. Here is our hero. He will surely come and overthrow. And they're seeking this army hero, but the reality is is they get something that they are not expecting. They're seeking out this king to come and overthrow the government, but they got a different kind of king. They're seeking a victory, but this isn't what they expected. And the reason behind all of this is that Jesus came to conquer in war, but he came to end the war to end all wars, which is the war within our human heart. Jesus understands us better than we understand ourselves. And what Jesus is proclaiming is that there will never be peace on earth until there is peace within us. That we don't, and but we don't oftentimes like this because what that ultimately tells us is that we we have to change something. And we want to, we want God to save us. Don't mishear me. Many of us are still proclaiming Hosanna because we want God to save us from the mess that we're in. But we refuse to acknowledge our participation in the mess. We say it's always someone else's fault or something's fault. It's never my fault. We say, God, change my problems, but don't change me. Fix my struggles, but don't make me have to be fixed. And the heart of the human problem is this. The heart of the human problem is the problem of the human heart. If God brought about peace on earth and ended poverty and ended racism and ended division even today, right now at this very moment, but he didn't heal the human heart. All of those things sadly would return tomorrow because what ultimately God realizes is that we don't need to wipe out these things in our world. What we need to do is change the heart. We need to conquer the battle that is raging in our heart between self and between God. You know, so often we talk about it being a war of the devil and God, but the reality is it's many a times for me, it's a war of ego in God. It's, I want to serve myself over God, which is the devil at play, obviously, but that's the real war that's raging. And, and then when verse 16, as I've mentioned, we, they don't get it. The disciples don't understand what's going on. And they don't get it for the same reason that we don't. You know, we have this we have the the benefit of we know the end game, we know how all of this ends. But imagine sitting here in this moment and you think, oh well, Jesus has come to set me free. He's the Savior. And but we, even in knowing the end game, we have this perception of when Jesus shows up, what it's going to look like. And so often Jesus shows up and it's not what we expected or what we desired because Jesus is not in the game of meeting our needs, but he does meet our, or rather he is in the meet, 
the game of meeting our needs, but not, not always our wants. And the reality is there is a peace that Christ brings. And the peace is that it gives you the strength and the courage that you need in order to live beyond the boundaries of your fear. It's saying that, yes, I'm overwhelmed by everything. I need to be set free from the fears in my life. And Christ goes, I'm bringing you peace that you may know that in me you are made complete, you are whole. This peace does not come from when you have control over your life, but this peace comes when you have control over your life, rather. It, it, this peace is that idea that you realize you don't need control. It's this redefining of power that for many of us, power is I have absolute control over my life. And the reality is, is we don't. And this peace that Jesus gives us is when we realize that we no longer need that control. And you will never know peace if it hinges on your external circumstances. If it hinges on everything, on you being in control, then it, you will never know peace if it hinges on you being able to control everything around you because that's not real. Peace is redefining power. Peace is saying that what happens outside doesn't matter because I'm focused on the inside and the within. I'm not focused on controlling those things that, I, that are beyond me, but what I can control is what's within me, and that's where I find peace. Is that I don't have to worry about those things if, what's, if I've done the work on the inside. If I've won the, the war to end all wars within, then the battles that rage outside no longer really matter. And my heart and my faith is right. Then I don't have to worry because I may not know the future and I may not be in control, but I know who holds the future and I know who is in control and I know the end game. So do we have that peace? Because the reality is so often we find ourselves seeking out peace from outside things. We find ourselves wanting to, to feel at ease with outside things. But we, what we, where we need to start looking if we want true peace is looking within. Because where the true peace lies is from the truth that we proclaim every week. And that is that the best of all is that God is with us. Amen and amen.